0: Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top
1: stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, thanks for coming to Civilized Barking. Um, As we record this, and I promise training camp's been so long, I just had to check It's Friday, August 27th. That means we are two days from the Browns preseason finale. That means we are four days uh, from the Browns cutting to 53. And, you know, for a long time here, if you're listening, you know this, um, cut down day was a huge day because the Browns weren't going anywhere. Right. And you were looking at the waiver wire and you were debating which six round pick versus which undrafted guy was going to make it and eventually save the franchise. So um, it still matters. It's, it's still a big deal. And and I think the Browns have some gymnastics to do. So what I wanted to do today is, And and regardless of whether the starters play or not, Stefanski is a couple hours away from making that announcement. I don't think that he will. Anyway, um, roster discussion will hold up. So uh, we appreciate you listening and appreciate you reading. I wanted to bring on my friend Scott Petrack. He's a longtime Browns writer for the Chronicle Telegram. You can also find his work at brownzone.com. Scott's a practice every day. And Scott and I do a lot of talking about this, arguing, I guess, to some point. So I just wanted to bring Scott on and and bring the discussion that we already sometimes have standing on the practice field or over text at night (laughs) um, and break down this roster, Scott. So um, I I think probably Scott, I think in in spitting this out here, complicated is not the correct word, but I I do think there's going to be some gymnastics involved. And I do think there are some potentially important decisions here is they look at some injured guys that, you know, the rule is you can't go on short-term IR unless you're initially on the 53. And then some guys that if they lose um, to the waiver wire or, you know, to another team some other way, could come back to bite them for depth purposes, you know, when you're a team that doesn't have a bye week until December and a team that's, you know, looking to play deep into January. Yeah, that's a great point, Zach. And I think all the injuries in
0: camp have kind of muddied the picture, right? I I think – A couple of weeks ago, I would have felt more comfortable saying, yes, this guy's on the roster. This guy's not on the roster. They definitely keep X number at this position. But I I think the injuries to some key players, right, some guys that are supposed to be in the rotation, if not starters, Grant and Anthony Schwartz. I, I think those kinds of things have made it cloudier for me.
1: Well, listen, I don't want to call anybody a liar, but I do think it's disingenuous to hear Mike Prefer say that Anthony Schwartz is in the return game mix. <laughs> He's had no training camp at all. He's never returned kicks. So I know the Browns have a question, um, at return game, but like a guy that's never done it. It didn't have any camp at all. It's not all of a sudden going to be your return. And you're not fooling yeah. the chiefs, the Texans, anyone. Like, <laughs> it's a lie, right? It's, it's a lie. Um, we'll see. So, all right, Scott, there's a couple places I want to start. Um, the team has given every impression, right, that Jacob Phillips is not necessarily done for the year, although they don't know. So if he goes to short-term, we know he had the surgery, right, for the torn bicep. So he going to short-term IR would mean he's going to take a spot on the 53 on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, he'd be placed on IR, which would allow the Browns to either bring someone back or probably more likely claim a kicker or a pass rusher, right? So that that's yeah. one spot that we, we think we know. One spot we definitely know is Davion Davis. Now, he wasn't making the 53, but he's going to serve his two-game suspension from the incident two years ago. So he won't count on any list, and he'll be practice squad eligible in a couple of weeks if the Browns want to go there. So um, I think we agree on that, and I just want to go position by position otherwise. So a quarterback, um, let's just go right down the list. Yeah they're keeping Baker in case right and I think Kyle Loletta will be employed next week I I doubt another team claims him but I think he ends up back on the Browns practice squad Any quibbles with that
0: nope and I'll just say this Laletta three weeks ago I wasn't convinced that he was going to be the third guy in the practice squad yeah but now I am I think he's played well enough that you can live with him as your number three
1: and I wanted to start there too for for this reason um as the league has evolved and as the Browns roster has evolved, you know, some teams still bring four quarterbacks to camp, but some of them don't and the Browns haven't. They know who their one is. They know who their two is. And there aren't a lot of reps for the threes in general. Right. So there's yeah. certainly no reps for the four quarterbacks. So, you know, they, they brought in that Jordan Tamu and Chad Kelly for a workout. I think they'll certainly scan the waiver wire for other young quarterbacks. You have to take care of the position to an extent. But, you know, the fact is there just aren't reps for those guys. And, and you know, the Browns are getting using camp to get their starters ready to play. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I think it's two. And, and it is an issue because we know that Case Keenum, uh, his money is guaranteed for this year. It's not all guaranteed for next year, and he makes a lot of it, right? So, especially yeah. if you're going to invest in Baker by then, then you'd probably go cheaper on the backup, and that is the game's most uh, important position. Running back, we know who the top two are. Uh, obviously and, and they're the best one 2 punch in the league um, I don't frame it Scott as Dearness Johnson versus Demetric Felton because I think they're completely different players with different sure. roles for this team and different futures in this organization um, but I'm still not sure both make the team and I am sure that Demetric Felton's making the team they're not exposing him to the waiver wire I'm pr- I, I'm calling Dearness bubble plus I guess <laughs> um, <laughs> I I promise I didn't spitball it. If you guys listen, you know I'm a dork. I'm not that big of a dork. But I I, I got to stop short of putting him in Sharpie uh, here four days before the cut. What say you? I think that's fair to say. I have him on my
0: 53. I, I think they keep the four guys if you want to include Felton as a running back. You know, we know he fits in both rooms. Uh, I think Felton, or I think Johnson, and that's, I asked Mike Creeper about this Thursday. I think he has huge value on special teams. He's not the best returner in the world, but he can return. He does everything else on special teams. He can be the you know personal protector on the in the punt game. And just watching him run the way he did against the Giants, I know it's preseason week two, But he's a different body type, like you said, than Felton. And you can trust Dearness Johnson to pick up a blitz on third down if Kareem Hunt gets hurt. And I don't know if you trust Felton to do that right now, which is why I have – Dearness on the
1: roster. That is exactly right. So I, I have both of those guys making the roster. At um, fullback, it's a little murky. Now, I'm going to say that Johnny Stanton has no chance, and you guys who get too much into preseason results um, would, would disagree, and that's fine. Somewhere along the line, I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> but I'm going to have Andy Janovich on the bubble. And part of it is Janovich, I believe, is a vested veteran, right? So he wouldn't be subject to waivers if the Browns need to do a little gymnastics. That sounds right. And I also believe that he's not necessarily in the plans. Um, and Johnny Stanton being on the practice squad, if if it happened this way, would give you the flexibility to the games you feel like you want a fullback, you could bring him up, right? But but yeah. like, he's a guy that you look at in this fifty to fifty-three, um, and it is fifty-three, but they're probably only going to be fifty bodies as healthy bodies as we go through it. Three guys, I think you're going to have to sneak through. Um, you know, he, no one else is claiming him. I, I don't think I, I'd be stunned, and so I feel really confident. Johnson and Ian Felton are making it, and I feel no confidence in my selections at fullback.
0: I, I like that thought process, there, Zach. And, and I hadn't really gone there in my head about keeping Stanton on the practice squad and then bringing him up for a given week. I, I like that thought a lot. I started to question, you know, when I did the, you know, the fifty-three and. July, middle of July, I I just assumed Janovich was on the roster. And then you start to watch practice, and you don't see a lot of fullback, and then you see a lot of receivers, and I started to question, do they need to take up a roster spot with a fullback who played, you know, I think he played 10 snaps a game a year ago, and then it was about three a game in the playoffs. Um, So I'm not convinced that, that Janovich makes a team. I'll just say that the other scenario is, you keep Stanton on the roster and use him as fullback, fourth, tight end. Now, you're probably right that you could do that through the practice squad. Um, but I do think that Kevin Safansky needs three tight ends every week. So yeah. you have to have that fourth guy somewhere, whether he's stashed on the practice yeah. squad or whether he's giving you five reps a game at fullback special teams. I, I think Stanton's versatility means you could probably part with janovich it's just a matter of like you said where you stash stanton
1: yeah i mean the browns are a year and a half invested into stanton right and he was with stefanski before that so um if you're looking for that true 53rd guy that's up that's down that like you said can plug in when you need him he could be that guy um now robert jackson got cut the other day end of an era right (laughs) at least for now um that means that there are one or two spots for just special teamers on this team. And we know every team makes right. This roster, there's probably not room for one. So is that Dearness? Is that Cadero Hodge? And again, I don't mean to put down Jojo Natson, who yeah. is a talented guy and at 153 pounds, a heck of a story. Um, if you watch practice, you would think that he's got a chance to make his team. Well, you wouldn't if you watched the games
0: before he got hurt last year. When they used him on all that jet sweep, end around yeah. action, right? They, that was a part of their offense that I, that I really think they missed when Natsen got hurt, and then it was only multiplied when Odell got hurt, who could do some of the same things, right? Obviously, sure. Odell's role is so much bigger, but he has that threat to him that they didn't have when those two guys tore their ACLs. Right. Um, but I'm with you with JoJo. Like it, it, you watch him, and you go, okay, man, he's out there. He's taking all these reps. I don't have him on this roster which means they're going to have to kind of piece it together in the return game. I just feel like the injuries you talked about at the top and wanting to keep extra
1: guys at different spots.
0: I, I think Joe Joe is the
1: casualty. Yeah. I mean, you're not keeping Schwartz felt in the and Natson, right? Right. Um, you are just not. And, and listen, I, I'm not going to put down, I'm not trying to put down Schwartz or anyone else or, or even the situations guys. The fact is, you know, you have a 48 active players rule because teams deal with this all the time. So you you have a 53 and you're just trying to get your guys ready for Sunday. But coaches think about getting ready for Sunday and who can cover kicks matters. And somebody yeah. has to return kicks. I think it's going to be Felton. I'm just saying, let's be careful not to completely eliminate Jojo Netson. Now, I think you can. And I think if you need Jojo Netson in three weeks or six weeks, he's still going to be available. Right. Unless another team loses a return guy. I, I don't think he's going to get gobbled up, but so at receiver, you have Jarvis and Odell who are obviously making it. You have Donovan Peoples Jones, who is obviously making it. We think Anthony Schwartz is obviously making it. You have Felton is potentially your, your fifth, right? You have Richard Higgins, who I mentioned is almost a certainty mm-hmm. to make this team. So that's six. And then Kaderil Hodge is, is seven. So, you know, where's, is it seven? Um, if you count Felton, you know, is there a battle with, with Hodge, uh, I, I think he's making this team, and I think he's probably the lead special teams only guy. But, you know, I think when you start to squeeze, you have to wonder if, if Dearness Johnson and, and uh, Kaderl Hodge are still on the team, both on the team.
0: Right. I agree with you. I, I think when you said Natson, Felton, and Schwartz, all three don't make the team, I feel the same way if you went Natson, Hodge, and Dearness Johnson, right? Yeah. Only two right. of those guys make the team, and I'm leaning toward Johnson and Hodge. And part of it is, you know, when you hear Prefer talk and he says the number one job of a returner is just to catch the ball and not give it up, I think that says, okay, we're not really looking for a guy that's going to be a game-breaker, right. right? And therefore, we can find somebody to catch the ball, whoever yeah. it is. And Deionis um, can do that in a pinch. Right, he's shown right. he can do that. Right. And People's Jones can do it. I mean, People's Jones, I, you know, and we love him and we think he's going to be – the third receiver all year. I was not impressed with his return ability at all. And maybe that's because he was new to it. Maybe it's just because it takes him a while to build up that speed, um, but he could catch a punt, right. And he's not going to give it back to the other team. Um, so that makes me think that that So I, I guess I'm thinking they value the gunner of the gunning ability of Hodge, the overall special teams play at Johnson, Dearness Johnson more than Jojo Natson, who nobody returns kickoffs anymore because they kick him out of the end zone.
1: And, you know, three punts a game, is that what you're looking for? Yeah. I mean, I just think Sonny Michelle got traded for two draft picks this week, right? So I think if yeah. Dearness Johnson hits the waiver wire, he gets claimed immediately. Yeah. Right? I mean, he, yeah, he he blocks, he plays special teams, and he can be your third down. He would be a better third running back than half the league's third running backs, right? Agreed. And the agreed. Browns would love it. If he gets no carries all year, unless they're beating somebody 42 to nothing. But they know if they need him, he can run behind his pads, right? He can run down yeah. kickoff. Um, you know, he was just a misevaluation. Team teams missed misevaluated him coming out of college. And when he got into Brown's camp, they were in this is three regimes ago, I know, but they were like, <laughs> Holy hell, this is a football player, and now that he's here, he's refusing to be let go. Now he's what? eligible for restricted free agency after the year, so he's gonna price himself out of the Browns plans. Right. Unless he would just continue yeah. to play for a minimum contract. But right now for a team trying to play 20 games, I I don't think you can let Dearness Johnson wander. I, I just don't think that you can. Um, I'm with you. And you
0: don't I mean, not to interrupt, but you talked about the preseason games don't matter. And I agree with you. But I think
1: he remi- he reminded me how hard
0: he runs against mm-hmm. the Giants. If yeah. anybody needed that reminder.
1: No, it, it, well, look at the game last year where Chubb goes down early and then you had the big lead and you used him for some – they were three-yard carries all except for one, but you used him for those carries to put him away. And I yeah. just think when you look at how this coach thinks and how this coach maps out how they're going to win games, you know, Felton can help the Browns down the road. I I think if they're trying to win a, a week five game and either Chubb or Hunt went down, I think they want Dearness Johnson. I really do. completely I really agree. agree. Yeah.
0: Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us.
1: Um, we agree with the three tight ends, right? And if there's a fourth, it would come from outside. I don't think it's anybody on this roster. Yeah, unless that Stanton hybrid, you know, whatever. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, so at offensive line you know, a couple of weeks ago, we knew the five starters were going to make it, and we knew James Hudson was going to make it. We assumed Hubbard was going to make it, and we assumed Harrison Dunn were going to make it, right? Nine. Uh, A team that's this invested in the offensive line was going to keep nine. Well, I still think Hubbard's going to make it. I I can't call him stone cold lock, and Michael Dunn has had an injury, and we haven't seen him in two weeks. Um, I don't know the extent, but He's been on the practice field this week, but he, you know, on the bike, but he hasn't been out there. That's led to more snaps for Blake Hance. Um, Harris only had, what, a two day injury scare. So we we assume he's fine. Um, So I think the five starters in Hudson. uh, Are you in on Hubbard? Because I am. I am, but I'm with you. If we're talking
0: possible surprises when we get to Monday and Tuesday, Hubbard getting cut is one of those.
1: Yeah. But uh, I think he's on the team. Yeah, and I also think he's another guy who the Browns could go to and say, "We have to release you, and we're going to bring you back." Once, yeah, once like they did with s- sorted out with Greg. Right, Robinson. When they tried that he Greg
0: Robinson thing, yeah, a couple years yeah.
1: ago. I mean, look, I, I think a uh, really underrated move of last year was instead of just cutting Chris Hubbard's big contract because he was no longer a starter, they renegotiated and kept him right. I mean, Hub is a respected guy. Like, I can't see them letting Hub out of this locker room. If they have to do it for two days, they have to do it for two days. I can't, as long as he's healthy and and we have every reason to believe that he's healthy. Right. So, um, you know, this, I talked to
0: him, I talked to him last week, Zach. He says he feels good. Um, And his versatility, right? It's not only that he can play the two tackle spots, he's probably your number one guard. I don't think Nick Harris can play guard in this league. I I think adds adds a lot of value.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to try to trade Drew Forbes, um, trade him or, or let him go. And and that's just – I'm not going to claim to be an O-line expert, but that's just based on he's the old regime guy, right? And, and he's come in and he's played well. Um, you know, if some team thinks that he can play tackle in a pinch, he has trade value. He really yeah. does. But but look, like, we don't think they want to get rid of Harris. He's their pick. Hans has stepped up and played center. Um this Greg Sinat is a college basketball player who's just learning. I mean, he's bounced around the league. Like The Browns went and got him last year when he became available at this time of year, and I think some other team might do that, right, um, if, if they lose him. But I don't know. I Is keeping 10 offensive linemen completely out of the question? Probably not. I, I don't think they will. I mean, I
0: think it's nine. Um, I think you gamble with Sanat, right? Is there a scenario where they keep Sinat and not Hubbard? I suppose, but I don't think that helps you win week one if right. Jed Wills gets rolled into like he did last time there in Kansas City. Right. Uh, right. To me, I think it's done healthy because I thought he was the number one guard. If not, are you fine with hands? And I think they are. I like your idea about Drew Forbes is possible trade. I'll tell you what, if you watch Bill can- Callahan light him up for about 20 straight minutes yesterday, you're not <laughs> sure the guy can play in the league. Um, but that's kind of who Bill Callahan is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, But, you know, I, I think you need – like I said, I don't think Harris has that flexibility. I think he's just a center, but I think he stays because they drafted him.
1: Well, right. Oh. Dunn and Hance can both play center, exactly. which in an ideal healthy world makes Harris expendable, right? But we we right. don't know, you know, what really they think. And J.C. Treader's 30 and makes $10 million. So exactly. I don't think Nick Harris is your starting center of the future, um, but they might, right? Yeah. So yeah. – I. I Fair let's just sum it up by saying this. Fair to say that's probably the single toughest predict, position group to predict, O-line? It, yeah, I think that, and I think when you go to the D-line, I think those are the two toughest. Right. So we go to the D-line. Um, Malik Jackson and Billings are making it, and Tommy Togiai is making it, and obviously your, your three ends are making it. Tack McKinley's back in practice. Um, every indication from watching practice would say that Porter Gustin is the fourth. Um, every indication from watching the preseason would say that Sheldon day has become the fourth tackle, right? So that right now it, that's eight and that would leave Jordan Elliott outside that would leave Malik McDowell outside that would leave Joe Jackson outside. I think nine is in, is in play. And I certainly think that both of those areas is where the Browns would like to be active in outside candidates, but you're talking about the initial 53. You know, I think there's six locks, and then the question is, is it eight or nine spots? Yep, uh, I'm with you. I think they keep nine. Uh part of that is
0: because I'm not sure you can trust Tech McKinley, which maybe that's unfair, but you just left for three weeks. Um, I don't know how much you can trust Jadavian Connie to stay healthy. Yeah. So I like having insurance there because I mean, you play eight guys a week at those two spots. Um, I, I'm not, you know, you talk about Gustin, Zach, and you're right about who's getting the reps, but that doesn't always matter. Right. Sure. That's happen. I mean, Javante Moffat's getting every rep at safety every day and every game. And I just don't think he makes this roster. So I think Gustin could be one of those guys that looks like he's going to make the team and doesn't. And if, you're, if I'm picking a fourth end, it's Joe Jackson right now. Um, it, to me, the question is, what do you do with D tackle? You got the three locks, like you mentioned. I, I know that dave has been playing a bunch. I know he's got a history with this um, coaching staff. I, I, I got a hard time getting him on this roster. I, I think I think Elliot and even Malik McDowell might jump him when it comes to. Do or die on.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but I here's my prediction for Malik McDowell. Yeah. He, he doesn't make the initial roster because I think they don't they don't feel like another team would claim him, given his history. Sure. You know, I think they feel like they took the chance. They've had him here. And I think they might want him on the practice squad for four or five or six weeks to get him more ready to play. I, yeah. I When you watch him, Scott, like, and it was the Giants' third-team offensive line and the Giants' first-team offensive line isn't any good. Like you see like like this is this is not a normal human being out there, right He's the biggest um, dude on the field like every yes. day I, I have that <laughs> like realization is how big fifty eight is but i I think if they have to look and say, okay, only the Cincinnati Bengals are gonna take this cat on, right yeah. um, so and that, that's just something to consider, and that's why you know in the grand scheme, I'm not sure any one or two moves the out, the Browns make are going to determine what they do in December and January, but you don't want to lose depth at spots because you're going to need it. Um, and I think the whole point of this camp was Stefanski saying, we don't have a buy till December, right? We, yeah. we, we believe strongly in the top of our roster and we're going to do everything we can to protect it and get those guys ready, you know, gradually um, to hit these landmarks. But yeah, no, O-line and D-line are, are, are certainly the most complicated. At linebacker, um, you know, we know Phillips, or at least we assume Phillips makes the yeah, initial roster. Zach,
0: I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent on that. I just feel like maybe that's where they don't have to risk a guy at, and the waiver wire. I, I know that there's a chance they do that.
1: Um, yeah, but that's one of those areas where I'm thinking, do they have to bite the bullet right now? And, and they might, and they might, um, I guess here's your flexibility spots, right? Um, Malcolm Smith could be cut and brought back. You know, you're not going to – even if Elijah Lee is your top special teamer, You know, he's probably not making it, right? Taki-taki having this hamstring makes it complicated because this is a guy that's probably going to be on the team, but, like, how much are you really going to play base defense, right? And isn't he just keeping the seat warm for the other guys anyway? That's the question, Zach. If you're only going to play two – 40%
0: 40% of the time, do you need six? Yeah. Well, you, know, you,
1: you need six because you need six. Those are you your six. Um, Yeah, Matt Wilson's not going anywhere, right? No. Walker's going to play all the time. JOK right. is going to have a role. You know, yep. 35% or 65%, I think, is to be determined and might might be matchup dependent eventually. But he's going to – I mean, Jake Phillips is a big loss. This is a big, big loss. Oh. This is a really talented kid. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so so yeah, that's the question. Um, do you make up for that loss by keeping extra guys? Or do you eventually think that, you know, the safeties and corners can come along and and you know, really make plays as you play five defensive backs all the time? I, I don't know that answer. Well, that that's a great that's a great question.
0: And I go to safety now and say, well, the third or the safety that they wanted to play a bunch has not been mm-hmm. practicing. And Joe Wood said yesterday. He can't run the dime package he wants because Delpit's hurt. So if you're not going to have three safeties on the field, you're going to have to have two linebackers on the field.
1: Right? Right. So So Schwartz is going to be on the active roster, but doesn't it look like Delpit's going to make it and then go to short-term IR?
0: Probably. I, I think I need to see him not be on the field next week. In the back of my head, I keep saying, okay, if he's on the field next week and you can practice him seven times before the Chiefs game, can you play him eight snaps?
1: He hasn't had seven practices in two I, years.
0: Well, I know. I know. But, like, at some point, the guy's got to get out on the field and play, right? I mean. Yeah. You would think. So, right. I mean, your your point makes all the sense in the world is that, yes, you IR him for three weeks. But that's only pushing it back, right? At some point, he's got to come back and practice.
1: No, you're right. You know? You're right. Uh, and I think Ronnie Harrison was always going to be the starter. Um, you know, I'm not sure I'm comfortable okay. with his injury history, too, but you can put him out there at any spot against Chiefs or anyone else and, and know he's at least going to be in the right place. Like Ronnie Harrison, when healthy, to me, is a good good football player. Uh, oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's like this, Scott. If you're going to IR to return Phillips, Delpit, and Dunn, or even two of those, somewhere you're going to have to get into – either a surprise cut we don't see coming or cutting a veteran with the intention of bringing him back in two or three days. Like, yes. I don't think there's any other way around it because now you're exposing to keep, if you, if you need three spots. Now you're exposing an extra offensive lineman who you might need. Now you're making a decision on those receivers versus earnest, Right. And, uh-huh. and you're exposing a DB. Like, I, I guess we're, we're guessing red wine's just not going to make the team. We haven't seen him in three, three or four weeks. Right, um, he's better. Right, or he came back this week. Right. Okay, right. so, yeah, I mean, then you have <laughs> again that Delpit thing looms out there because you got to keep these. You got to have guys like you're you're going to keep ten or eleven DVs, and against Kansas City, you're going to dress ten or eleven DBs. Now yeah. you can call up one from the practice squad. Javante Moffett probably isn't going yeah. anywhere, but what's up with MJ Stewart? What's up with Redwine? You know, I think they're keeping AJ Green, but. Is he ready to play? That's a good question.
0: I mean, I think they keep him, too. I mean, he's getting a bunch of reps with the, you know, with the big-time units, right, first and second team yeah. with guys being injured. Um, you know, to me, I think M.J. Stewart is a guy that the Browns are trying to cross-string, right? He's a, he's a nickel. Can they play him some at safety? Mm-hmm. I, I think they would love that flexibility, but he hasn't practiced in two weeks with a hamstring,
1: yeah.
0: right? So then who, who becomes that other guy? I mean, is it Redwine, who hasn't practiced much and has just been okay and wasn't this these, this regime's draft pick? Um, there's really not a lot of guys to choose from. So, yeah, I mean, you need at least 10, especially with one of those guys being hurt or more than one being hurt. I don't know. I, I don't know how that plays out from now to Kansas City because you're right. They're going to need all those guys. And if push comes to shove, can A.J. Green go out there and cover Week one against Pat Mahomes? I mean, that's that's a lot to ask, especially when Greedy's yeah. going to take up one of the spots and he hasn't practiced in a week.
1: Right. I, I mean, you know, so the Browns are going to play Sunday. They're going to cut the guys. So they're probably not going to have a real practice till like a week from now, right? End of next week anyway, F- five, yeah. five to six days from now. Yeah. But you're right. If if you're not getting Greedy and Taki back by next weekend when you really start practicing, huh? then they're not in your active roster plans.
0: Right. Right. So then who's hard. Who's your fourth? I mean, so
1: then AJ Green's your fourth corner. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Unless it's MJ Stewart. Right. But we haven't seen him. We we don't have any indication there. Right. Right. And he can't play outside. Yeah. No, I thought all along that MJ Stewart was that going to be that last DB. And maybe he still is. Um, I don't know. I don't, you know, especially without the preseason, you're not losing him to another team. So, but I, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe he's not ready to play for a month. So that, you know, I, I don't know that answer either. I, I guess what we've solved here, Scott, is a whole bunch <laughs> of nothing. Yeah, right. Um, it, I think we've resolved that our 53-man rosters are probably going to miss more than two. Yes. Yes. yes because of the <laughs> uncertainty. For sure. For sure. And, and I would like to say, like, you know, we talk trades and whatever, and those, are, those make great headlines in, in Twitter lines right now. I think 80% of the time, unless it's a team really looking for a starter, like when Dorsey traded for Wyatt Teller in the last week of August, right? It doesn't happen. But, like, I look at the offensive lines of some of these bad teams and, like, someone's going to give a seven for Blake Hans or Drew Forbes. Yeah. And so if the Browns like Nick Harris and if they think Michael Dunn is going to be back next week or next month, then they do that. Um, Otherwise, I think they got to try to find a way to keep those guys. (laughs) So that's – That's really complicated. I I just think I think Dearness is making it. And I think at least nine and and wouldn't be shocking 10 alignment are making it because I just think that's where this team is invested. Right. And, and you know, you're going to lose a guy. You know, you're going to have things come up with injuries and weird circumstances, COVID or not that are going to hurt you, but I just don't think where you've built a strength and already invested that you expose yourself. So um, I I think nine minimum offensive linemen are making it. And I think both Dearness and Felton are making it. Plus you can get, you can
0: get eight. Isn't it eight linemen? You get that extra lineman on your, Game day, you're active.
1: Yeah, ODA I think all, the, all those rules are the same as yeah. last year, right? 16-man yeah. practice squad, call up yeah. till 1130 on Sunday morning. All of that stuff is, is I believe, the same. So if yes. you can say, if you kind of get
0: an extra roster spot by having an extra alignment, I think they
1: want to take advantage of
0: that. Um, right. Let, Zach, let me ask you. You mentioned Jordan Alley real quick. Could you get something for him in a trade? Would it be worth it? Would they give up on a third-round pick from a year ago?
1: Yeah, I think they would. I don't think they would love to. But I think they would. Um, I think that's a different question than could you get something for him in a trade. Sure, sure. Um, but I think, could you say, can we cut him and he clears waivers and he's back on our practice squad and he's, he's able to help us in a month? Yes. And that okay. would allow you to keep Sheldon Day, right? I got um, you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, how they term – you know, sometimes when I when I read the questions or the comments, I think people are way too into – Johnny Stanton carrying the ball in a preseason game and Davion Davis scoring a touchdown in a preseason game and Malik McDowell taking these poor Giants linemen, right, and throwing them out of the way with his left hand. But, like, Malik McDowell probably has a 10x to 100x better chance of helping you win a game in November than either of those two guys do, right? So maybe you can't expose him. I I don't know. I think Sheldon Day has been around four or five years, right? He's certified just a guy. Yeah, but he's um, so, a
0: guy that won a Super Bowl, I think, with
1: Joe Woods yeah. or Chris Kiffin or yeah. Yeah, no, and, and listen, and I agree with you that just that just because they're playing in the preseason doesn't necessarily mean that's how they're viewed, because a lot of this is survival, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you went two full practices last week into a game where even your six-round picks were being limited on their snaps. Right. right? <laughs> but but I look at that as Malik McDowell and Elliott were playing in the fourth quarter and Sheldon Day played 11 snaps. I think they were preserving him. I mean, you know, yep. maybe he had a stove thumb, but the only way I can read that off the stat sheet is that Sheldon Day is ahead of those two guys.
0: Yeah, no, that's yeah, that makes all sense. And that's how it's been through practice, right? I mean, he took yeah. a bunch of first-team reps when
1: Billings or Malik Jackson got the day off, you know? So, Scott, um, thank you. Uh, at Scott Petrack on Twitter, or what, what is yep. it? Yeah, that's okay. Scott Petrack. Um, Guys, this is 30 minutes of your life. You'll never get back. But if you're still <laughs> listening, we know you're into this like we are. We appreciate it. It's civilized barking. It's twice a week. Um, you know, next week is an unprecedented week in the NFL, guys, because forever and ever um, Labor Day weekend has been cutdowns and preseason has finished the Thursday before Labor Day weekend. So all that's moved up this year. We'll see how that goes. I don't know the exact schedule, but we got some really exciting stuff, both on the podcast front and the writing front coming to you as we count down these last 15 days. Until the Browns opener, um, I feel the excitement. I, I know from the readership and the tweeting and all of that stuff that you guys feel the excitement. We appreciate it. You know, bookmark, save, subscribe, all of that. So for Scott Petrack, I'm Zach Jackson. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you sometime in the next three to five days on the next civilized. Party.